DNA, evolution's dilemma. What is a software engineer? This is someone who is engaged in computer software development, and he applies engineering principles to software creation. They apply these engineering principles to every stage of the development process, from requirement analysis to the software process, and they create customized systems for individual clients. Just as a civil engineer will make sure that a bridge has a solid foundation, a software engineer will also begin with a thorough study of requirements and work through the development process in a very systematic way. Now, what does this have to do with DNA? Stay with me for a minute. Let's just get in a little bit more into what a software engineer does. This engineer will apply mathematical analysis and the principles of computer science in order to design and develop computer software. When working with a client, a software engineer will typically analyze the client's needs. He'll then design, test, and develop the computer software in order to meet those needs. They are experts in computing systems, software structure, and recognizing the limitations of the existing hardware. The process is complicated and intricate. Therefore, the use of diagrams, flowcharts, and the creation of algorithms to tell the computer what to do are created. Converting these instructions into a computer language, also known as coding or programming, is usually the responsibility of the computer programmer. Now again, what does this have to do with DNA? You'll soon find out, because believe it or not, the information in your body's cells strongly indicates that there's a programmer and a designer behind the makeup of who you are. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. DNA, otherwise known as deoxyribonucleic acid. Now, here's a sexy topic for you. Before your interest wanes and you think, why should I care about DNA? Let me indulge you with a few biology jokes to help ease the transition for you, shall we? Hey, how does Juliet maintain a constant body temperature? It's Romeostasis, I tell you, Romeostasis. <laughs> what washes up on beaches? Hey, everyone knows it's nucleotides. <laughs> hey, honey, you in the back. Why are men sexier than women? Everyone knows you can't spell sexy without XY. <laughs> now that you have been offered a glimpse into the humorous side of some biology scientist, Clearly, you can see they are very comfortable in their own cells. Oh, that really was bad. I'm just trying to relate. In all seriousness, let me introduce you to some of biology's pioneers regarding the discovery of DNA. Francis Crick was a British molecular biologist, biophysicist, and neuroscientist, most noted for being a co-discoverer of the structure of the DNA molecule in 1953 with James Watson. 
Their work was based partly on fundamental studies done by Rosalind Franklin, Raymond Gosling, and Maurice Wilkins. Franklin produced an X-ray photograph that allowed Crick and Watson to work out the 3D structure of DNA. The DNA structure model is what every biology class displays and is otherwise known as the infamous double helix indicated right on the post here. Together with Watson and Wilkins, he was jointly awarded the 1962 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. This was for their discoveries concerning the molecular structure of nucleic acids and its significance for information transfer in living materials. Information transfer. Remember these two simple but very important words. They will be coming up again with some very significant meaning. Now that you have a little background information on some of the early key players, let's look at exactly what DNA is and the unique role these molecules have in the individuality and the uniqueness of every human being, both inside the womb and post-delivery. DNA is a carrier of genetic information in the form of a four-character digital code. That is to say that DNA functions like a software program, only far more complex than anyone has ever created or devised. How does the code work? We're going to keep this simple. The instructions or code is divided into three distinct categories. The first category is the double helix is made up of four bases, representing four chemicals that scientists refer to as A, C, T, and G. These are the four bases that you see in that molecular model on the site here or what you've seen in countless books and, and articles uh, on biology and in DNA. The chemical breakdown for their names is A is adenine, C is cytosine, T is thymine, and G is guanine. The information or code is stored in a pre-programmed explicit arrangement of these four chemicals, which in turn provides instructions necessary to assemble complex protein molecules. Sequences of these chemicals provide the instructions necessary to assemble complex protein molecules that in turn help form structures that are as diverse as your eyes, legs, wings, hearts. It's amazing. The second category is that these protein molecules are comprised of smaller chemical units called amino acids that are linked together in long chains. In nature, 20 different types of amino acids are used to construct protein chains. Scientists compare these to the alphabet in that they need to be put together in meaningful sequential manner, much like letters need to be combined correctly to form words and sentences. We need a C, an A, and a T to spell cat. Well, it's the same thing. You need certain amino acids that will link together in order to get the proteins that has been required or asked for or requested. 
They are arranged like letters to form chains, and they're often hundreds of units long. If the amino acids are combined properly, then this will form functioning proteins. The third and final step. There are at least 30,000 different types of protein, each made up of different combination of proteins. All proteins in the cell have a certain three-dimensional pattern after the amino acids have collapsed and formed to accomplish their requirements. Science has discovered that even simple cells are made up of thousands of different types of proteins, and the function of these cells are derived from the highly complex three-dimensional shape that, would, that came from the amino acids. If the amino acids are combined properly, this will form a functioning protein. Should the amino acids not form correctly to each other, as per the coded instructions, they will be destroyed in the cell. Now stay with me. I mentioned earlier that DNA functions like a software program, only leaps and bounds above the most highly complex computers and machines in the world today. The DNA molecule is often referred to as the language of life. Why? Because this is the most densely packed and elaborated detailed assembly of information anywhere in the known universe. Remember the words earlier, information transfer. For a biological system to operate, it needs genetic information to build the proteins in the protein machine, which in turn cause the cells to maintain their function. For every cell in the body, the information is contingent on the selection and the arrangements or the patterns of the three categories, four DNA chemicals, 20 different types of amino acids, and 30,000 different types of proteins. We now know a full complement of human DNA has more than 3 billion DNA sequences. The entire sequence is called a genome. Now get ready for some really staggering numbers and comparisons. Seriously, this is, this is unbelievable. Our entire DNA sequence, or human genome, would fill 200 1,000-page New York City telephone directories. One complete 3 billion-based genome would take 3 gigabytes of storage space. Now, if you go with all of the DNA in your body, if you unwrap all of your DNA in your cells, you could fill enough books to fill the Grand Canyon 78 times. Think about that. The information that's stored in your DNA in your body can fill a book. Nope. It can fill books that can fill the Grand Canyon. Not once, but 78 times, just, just in your body. If you could line up all of the DNA end-to-end, -end, you're going to unwrap it now, it would reach the sun and back 600 times. That is the complexity and the enormity 
of the instructions that have been placed inside your cells. Clearly, the best of all of Silicon Valley combined represents just a mere speck in the wind in comparison to the complexity of design in just your one body. Now think about everybody else, and yet everybody else's body is designed differently. In other words, there's a specific program code for you. There's a different program code for your mother, for your child, for your friend, and so forth and so on. So think of all the billions of people that have been formed or, or, or lived here on the earth or these children maybe that didn't make it out of their mother's womb. Everyone was individually different. Everyone was designed specifically with a clear mission or goal in mind. Did I mention design? Keep this in mind. It is simply a fact that life cannot exist without proteins. Proteins are essential to every cell's function and existence. However, proteins require DNA to be formed. This is because proteins are chains of specifically sequenced amino acids. Amino acids must line up in the precise sequence for a protein to form. The precise sequence of amino acids, which is essential to protein formation, is self-determined by the precise arrangement of the basis in the DNA molecule. To reiterate, this means the precise arrangement of the basis in the DNA molecule constitutes the code for the specific arrangement of amino acids in a chain. And this specified arrangement of amino acids in a chain is necessary for protein information. Therefore, let me just close in this section here to put it simply, to have life, you must have DNA. A protein cannot form without it. Yet DNA by itself is completely useless. You can't do anything with it. You can't go anywhere. You can't perform any productive function on its own. Think about this. If we began with DNA without proteins, you can never get to DNA or life because DNA needs already existing proteins to even function or form proteins. And yet you could not start with proteins void of DNA because proteins can only be formed from the instructions and the information in the DNA. DNA is the most fundamental question facing biology today. Where did the information in DNA come from? How did it arise in the first place? An explanation for the origin of the genetic instructions needed to build the first life, in essence, is the holy grail of 21st century biology. Theories proposing that this information arose through natural selection acting upon non-living molecules or the self-organizing power of chemicals in a primordial soup have repeatedly failed. Even time and blind chance, the often evoked saviors of implausible biological scenarios, have fallen short as a possible means of accounts for the instructions in DNA. Scientists have accepted a convention that excludes design as a scientific explanation, and that convention has a name methodological naturalism, which means if you are going to be scientific, 
you can only limit yourself to explanations that only involve natural causes and not intelligence. So they don't want you to think about intelligence. They just want you to be able to explain things or justify things naturally. If you bring intelligence into the equation, you're ruled out. Nope, get out of the room. We don't want to talk to you. So how can one intellectually and rationally justify this when we recognize things that were created with the use of intelligence? An, an example of this is hieroglyphics. We see the patterns. We know there's a message behind it. Okay, so let's go one step further now. How do we recognize the use of intelligence? What is the fundamental criteria for human beings to recognize intelligence? I recently read a fascinating book called The Design Inference by mathematician William Dembski. He recognized the specific features of artifacts that cause people to recognize prior intelligent activity. How do we reason about design? What are the logical moves that we have to come through to conclude that there's a design in something? He concluded that you need improbability or small probability and specification. When we come across an improbable object with a recognizable pattern, we recognize intelligence. Great example of this is Mount Rushmore. We know when looking at the president's faces on the side of a mountain that somebody or something had to be a designer behind it. There had to be a vision before it was put forth. Understanding these parameters, the first questions are obviously, what are the improbable factors concerning DNA? And what are the specifications? The answer, the improbable is the language code. And the specifications are the enormous streams of coherent information that produces consistent results in every form of life since time began. I would suggest that there is a very impressive track history here. Wouldn't you agree? Another brilliant and very interesting scientist offers the following on intelligent design. According to mainstream media, the theory of intelligent design is a faith-based idea and in saying that, they want to dismiss it as something that has no basis in science. But the media has confused a fundamental issue. They are confusing the evidence for the theory with the implications for the theory. That's a huge difference. The theory of intelligent design may well have implications that are supportive of theistic belief but the theory is not based on theistic belief. It's based on the discovery of digital code in cells, miniature machines in cells, fine-tuning the laws of physics and chemistry, and standard ways of scientific reasoning about the remote past in the history of life. Dr. Stephen Meyer, philosopher of science, with a PhD from Cambridge University. In closing, knowing there are codes and languages uniquely written that are interdependent on building blocks within our cells that cannot be accounted for within a natural scientific explanation. Is it therefore not more than safe to say 
there is a God, and he just may know us far better than we can ever imagine. Let me close with two elementary quotes. If it could be demonstrated that any complex organ or structure existed which could not have possibly been formed by numerous slight modifications, my theory would absolutely break down. Charles Darwin on the origin of the species. Where does the sense of right and wrong come from? Dr. Francis Collins, top DNA scientist, former director of the National Genome Research Institute. These are their words, not mine. As always, just my opinion. This is Mark Russick. Thanks for listening to The Russick Outlook. Until next time.